Hi, welcome to the Xbox World Podcast. Uh, we hope you're well. Uh, uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, it, we're a bit low on numbers in the office this month. Uh, August always is um, is a bit of a strange month as people head off on holiday. So it's, it's just me and Matt today. Hello. <laughs> um, we are uh, we are going to try and make it a, a sensational two man show. Um, we've done it before. We've done it before, we and it, 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 came, it came out all right. I think Mike's off today playing StarCraft. StarCraft Two came out today as we record this, so um, he, he's off having a whale of a time with the RTS, or maybe not. I don't know. He hasn't told us yet, but I'm what, sure what I do know about StarCraft is uh, the guys in the the suits. They're, they're big old suits they got in StarCraft, haven't they? <laughs> they have. They're, they are literally the biggest suits. suits. Yeah, uh, the only game practical. Yeah, in practical, the only game I, I can think of that that really competes with it is Warhammer. Yeah, Space Marine. Which you, you think if you go into the bathroom with those suits, like you won't be able to stand at a urinal because it sticks out too far. You'd be bashing against the wall. Yeah, and also floors. if you actually look at the design of the suits, where they they got such massive shoulder pads on them, if you wouldn't be able to turn your arms ever. So <laughs> the only place you'd be able, the only way you'd be able to shoot is if you swiveled your whole body around so that it was in front of you. You can just you shoot sideways, like, shoot like sideways. crab movement. Yeah, yeah. That's the direction that you're shooting. Yeah, it's very. It's good. Uh, maybe that's how 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 um you know how war is going to be in in the future. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think you could be right there, Tim. So, uh, I guess there's really only one place to start uh, this week, Matt, and that is uh, talking about Limbo, <laughs> a, a game which you are the self-proclaimed Limbo legend. <laughs> limbo. Uh, so I, so I had a two and a half weeks off for uh, a wedding and honeymoon. It was great. I came back to the office, finished an issue. I took another week off. <laughs> um, and during that week, I had various bits and bobs to get on with. But uh, Limbo seemed to take over, to be honest, um, which I thought it might, but I hadn't anticipated just how much I would get into it. Um, yeah, and for a long time, I was actually top of the world leaderboards for Limbo. Sadly, I've ended up 25th now that the game has been maxed because the leaderboards uh, ranks you in terms of who is first to get the highest percentage. Mm. And now we've all hit the maximum, which is 111% complete. Um, I'm a mathematician. I've got something to say about that, <laughs> yeah. but there you go. Uh, and for a long time, I was actually number one, um, but now I'm 25th. And I found out that despite finding eight of the 11 super secrets myself, because um, you go online and share and you help other people out, uh, the top 10 are going to get prizes. And, and old Muggins here at number 25, he's getting a big fat... So, uh, oh well. But what what a game. I mean, what a fantastic game. Uh, and I cannot praise it highly enough. Um, it's a strange one because it is obviously... I mean, I think it's been met pretty much positively across the board. Yes. Um, but in in the microcosm of the Xbox World Office, Mike's, Mike's not so sure about it, is he? Mike's one of the few people, um, yeah, who, who... I mean, I can totally understand his point of view. But yeah, he's one of the few people I've spoken to who hasn't, you know, seen... Maybe what I see in it. Um, I don't know, for me, some of the criticisms levelled at the game is that uh, it can be a bit random, a bit unfair, um, that you know it kills you without really giving you much warning. Um, but I don't know, that is what Limbo is about. It's, it's kind of another world, um, but not rubbish. And yeah. That's a very contentious statement, I know, but I played Another World at the weekend and man alive, that it's game not, is I don't aged. think it's really contentious. I think Another World was... Was at the time amazing, but play it now and it's just—it's one of the worst it, things I, you can play. And I say it was amazing at the time. I mean, it was. I mean, people were like, "Wow!" 
But I mean, graphically, it was amazing. Yeah, but I'm not sure it was, it was amazing for the achievement, yeah. but not for sitting down and having a good old no, time. I'm not sure it. it was ever a great game. Um, but Limbo, like, it's that template, but you know, drag t- kicking, screaming into 2010, and uh, no, it's great. A- anyone who claims that it's just a bit, you know, trial and error, and you have to fumble your way through the puzzles, I, I disagree. I think there is a degree of working out. Uh, involved, I think it is possible to foresee most of the deaths if you're paying attention. Um, that doesn't mean to say that there is the odd death that just takes you f- uh, by surprise. But you know, the, the game prides itself on killing you, putting you right back, like a second before you you died, and said, "Right, figure it out, try and survive this time." And added on top of that, you've got these secret eggs which are hidden about the game. Uh, there are. There are 10 that give you achievements and there are another 11 which give you a percentage above the 100% completion. And for, you know, for three or four days, I was sat at home with uh, a few other guys in a, in a party who I just met because they were top of the limbo leaderboards. And we were all trying to you know, help each other find all the secrets. And I mean, I've never had a game bring you know, me together with some other people who I've, I've literally met a couple of hours beforehand and worked for pretty much four days straight to try and uncover everything that's in it. Mm. Um, it's a pretty stunning achievement to mm. do that, especially for an Xbox Live ga- uh, Live Arcade game. Um, yeah, and you know, it's totally blown me away. I, I knew it was going to be good back from playing it at GDC, and indeed, I raved about it on the podcast afterwards. Mm. But now that it's out and we can play it from start to finish, yeah, it's even better than I thought it would be. It's it's quite an interesting tale as well how 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 um, i mean because there are a lot there are a lot of xbla games mm-hmm. and um most i think it's probably fair to say sync without trace i mean you yeah. see them on the marketplace and they disappear yeah but i mean limbo is i mean what is what is because i've seen people talking about it on facebook yes. and all that sort of thing i mean what is what has captured people's imagination about it is it the, is it the visually hit so striking well, i think or? i think it hits pretty much everything you need it to i mean yeah the visuals are just stunning it's very minimalistic but that plays in its favor um it's 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 quite horrible in places like you know it's about this little boy going through hell and sure enough there's some terribly gruesome bits mm. like spiders ripping you apart and bear traps getting you and getting squished and um, you know, diced by circular saws. Uh, it's it's a game to play with the gore filter on if you if you you know if you haven't got a strong stomach because even though it's just black and white, you really feel for that guy and when he dies, you feel terrible about it. Um, I don't know. I think personally, I think for me, the appeal is just in having puzzles which make you think. Like it's not often that you get a puzzle that is more than just get the red key to the red door, mm. pull this lever to make that thing happen. There's a degree a degree of that in Limbo, but there are a couple, and certainly with the secret eggs, there are a few more that you really have to think about it. Um, for me, my favourite one, I found I found one secret egg, which was just ridiculous. Um, halfway through the game, there's a big hotel sign uh, that you jump over, and it, all the letters are individual, and you jump to the O, and uh, and the O spins, and you don't think anything of it. In fact, most people don't even realise that the O spins when you stand on it. And then, talking about an hour and a half later in terms of your first playthrough, maybe two hours later, when you get to the end of the game, there's another H and another O from a hotel sign. Um, and you'll notice that there's a little bump on the O. And you think, oh, what's that about? And In fact, most people don't even notice that. It turns out... In the middle of the game, you have to spin the O to a certain point. 
so that by the end of the game, it's in it's in an area where you can pull that bump and it's a draw, and in that draw is a hidden egg. Uh-huh. And just puzzles like that, it's mm. just mind-blowing, it really is. Mm. Uh, and it shows an inventiveness that I've only ever seen in Braid on Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah. Um, and... It was funny, a few weeks ago, the, the guys from Joe, um, from Joe Danger, obviously the Trials HD mm. style game on, on um, PlayStation 3, they came out and said, you know, Xbox Live Arcade is a bloodbath. So many people release games on there and they sync without a trace. And they sell less. I think, I can't remember the exact number. I think it was less than 25,000, he was saying. Um, you know, about half the games sell less than less than that figure and that's really no good if you want to make a return on your game. Well, I think... Four, maybe five days after Limbo was released, it beat, it broke through the 150,000 barrier mark. Mm. I mean, there are a lot of games on Xbox Live Arcade and there are a lot of rubbish ones on Xbox Live Arcade, mm. let's be honest. That's why a lot of them don't sell. But, I mean, quality shines through. For a game to have sold 150,000 mm. um, copies you know, in, in a matter of days, that's fantastic. And m- maybe it's not. Maybe it's some people playing it on two different accounts on it you know, on on their, their machine. But even so, half that, you know, that's mm. 75,000 in, what, four days? Yeah, yeah. Great sales. Yeah. So, um, no, I'm pleased to say that people are picking it up. Um, I've got a question from a reader asking if it is worth the £10 that, that they're charging. And, you know, without a doubt, especially if you put in the effort to try and find all the secrets that, that are hidden there. Um, yeah, one of the best things that, that you'll see on Xbox Live Arcade full stop. So Limbo's pretty gory. Uh, another <laughs> game you've been playing this this week that's also pretty gory is is Dead Rising Two. Yeah, uh, very very gory in places. Um, what I mean, Dead Rising is is a game that that really sort of split opinion qu- quite considerably. I mean, one of the I mean, I'm, off the top of my head, I can't think of another game where people loved it and loathed it in in, mm. in such equal measure. A lot of people um, loathe. The save system of it, yeah, which I personally never had a problem with. No, I mean, I think it was the save system and um, the constant haranguing of, uh, you know, this person's died, you need to go and save this yeah, person. <laughs> yeah, that's that. a lot you, of that. You know, I mean, I think it's... Uh, I, I can kind of understand that because that did that that pissed yeah. me off a bit on the... I can't remember who the guy was on the, on the radio. Yeah, Wilson, whatever his name yeah, is, right. just constantly getting in touch saying... Yeah, that's him. right. So... Dead Rising 2, I mean, keeps the save system? Yes and no. Right. No, basically. Um, we thought it would keep it exactly. In fact, it gives you three save slots so that you don't have to save over your last save. So if you do make a mistake, you can just load the, the save previously. So you can technically play it like the first one. If, if, if like me, you think there was nothing wrong with the save system, just, just ignore the other two slots, save over the first one and, you know everyone's happy but for anyone who complained there are another two slots so that you don't lose all your progress mm. if you do mess up and, and accidentally save it afterwards and is it markedly different from the first one? <laughs> no it's the same game right. it's like it's what what is it now for when did it come out 2006 the first yeah, one i can't remember straight off the back of the launch four or five years later the game hasn't changed a bit um and take that you know if you didn't like dead rising that's all the ammunition you need. If you did like Dead Rising, good news because it, it's been a four or five year gap. That's plenty long enough for you to have gotten over the first one and enjoy it again, but with a different story and a different setting with a different character. Mm. Um, I find it really comforting to play Dead Rising 2, having been a fan of Dead Rising back before I even joined the mag. Um, 
it's it's nice to revisit a game that's so familiar. Mm. Yeah, it's been such a you know, length of time that it doesn't feel like I'm just retreading the same old ground too soon. Um, it's, it's backwards in many ways. Some of the mechanics feel really dated. It, the end is a, a bit creaky, isn't it? It's a bit clunky. There are lots and lots of loading times, um, which you just don't really see nowadays that, that no. much. Um and you know we're sitting there playing it, and and to be fair to the game, we're playing unoptimized preview code at the moment, so um, the loading times will definitely uh, go down quite considerably. But there there is load even so, even if the times are shortened, there are a lot of loading screens anyway, mm. which you could really do without. But um, no, it's great. It's it's a fun old location. I haven't really got far into it enough to to say whether it's better than the Willamette Mall or not. Mm. Um, but I mean, if you if you enjoyed in the first one, just jumping into the mall, going to various shops, seeing what costumes you can find, seeing what weapons there are, then the game is does just as good a job, if not better. And the reason why it might be better is that you get something called combo cards, which lets you plug two items together mm. and then you know run around with your new weapon. And that is such a brilliant mechanic. Um, like if if you get a the first one you find is baseball bat and nails, and you. Somehow, it's so stupid. Like you duct tapes them together and then you run around with a baseball bat with nails sticking out. And sure enough, you can uh, smack zombies in the head and yank it off and blood showers everywhere. Uh, but later on, basically, you'll be picking up cards and you'll be finding one item and you think, oh, damn, if I can find this other one, I can make an awesome weapon. Like you can find a, a toy helicopter and kitchen knives and you tape them together and then you release the helicopter that just hovers and makes a beeping sound and all the zombies come towards the helicopter and obviously it just slices them up with the with oh, the blades, right, with yeah. the knives on the blades. And there are some ridiculous combos you can make. Mm. And it's just a great, great playground to to play around in and have fun. Um, I mean, it's got psychopaths that are just as crazy as the first lot. Um, it, it's not a subtle game, is it? I mean, you saw the opening. Yeah, I was going to say to you, it's very... Um, it's very old school in a lot of ways, and and not not just in terms of the slightly creaky engine. No, I mean, and, it plays on stereotypes, and it's it? like the voice acting is like, well, not that good. Do you want to do the? I can't remember the exact dialogue of the opening. I, I can't but it's remember. Like, but we, it's like, hey, uh, hey, Mister, do you want to? <laughs> well, Chuck, Chuck is in the is in his changing room before because the very first, this isn't a spoiler anyway, but uh, it, the very first scene is him going into the terror is reality um, sort of Running Man style. Yeah, so it's him and a few others with motorbikes with chainsaws attached to them, trying to kill as many zombies as possible. So he's he's fiddling with his bike and trying to get it all tweaked and stuff for the thing, and, and some guy from the TV show walks in and says, uh, "Chuck, you're on in uh, Chuck." Uh, no, he says, "Oh, Mister Green, you're on in. Uh, you're on in five minutes." He said, "My name is Chuck." Like really aggressively, and he's like, "Oh, and then all he's right. like, uh, fair, fair enough." And then, so, so Chuck, uh, do you want me to take care of your little girl? Do you want to put your next to kin down on the paper? Her name is Katie. So really aggressive, <laughs> really aggressive. And then, then he goes into the next scene, and then there's some guy. I mean, for people who don't know a lot about the story, Chuck has basically lost his his wife, got killed by in zombies. Las Vegas, I think. Yeah, 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 his wife got killed, so he hates zombies. And uh, and he's in the next room, and it's like his sort of one of his opponents. One of his in opponents the, yeah. in terror is reality. Says to him, "You you lost your wife to the zombies, and that means you're not good enough and looking after her." Ah! Just makes <laughs> and the laugh goes on and on. It and just on. goes on and on and on, doesn't it? And it's, it's just, great. It's so. 
you know, I mean, it's it's so that's why I mean it's like old school because I mean that was that sort of voice acting and scripting was kind of acceptable, you know, five or six years ago, but now it's just moved on completely, you know. But I think, like another game, which I think we're coming to next, uh, which is Deadly Premonition. Mm. There's something because you don't see it anymore because um, that type of acting is only associated with bad games. When it's when it you know when it appears in a good game, I think it adds a quirkiness that that's you know sadly missing from from most titles. Um, now, Dead Rising Two is a hell of a lot of fun to play about with. It, you know, yeah, it's creaky, but when you, when you're running around and you're stabbing zombies with a knife to the psycho tune, or you're mm. you're hacking their heads off, or you're I don't know, making some insane, like putting one in a wheelchair and slapping blades to the side and running around like Ben-Hur. You know, you can't really complain too much. It's just a great, great riot of a game. Okay, so you mentioned Deadly Premonition there. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Tell us a bit about Deadly Premonition. I don't know who out there is going to be familiar with Deadly Premonition. So Deadly Premonition, uh, it's a game game that was originally called Risky Woods. No, Risky, Rainy Woods. R- Rainy Woods, sorry. Ris- yeah, Risky Woods, Woods is, is an old uh, Amiga game. <laughs> of course, game. yeah, because yeah. when, when we heard about Rainy Woods, we were talking about Risky Woods. So it's called Rainy Woods. Sadly, the name got changed to Deadly Premonition. Um, it's a survival horror game. Um, bit of a weird, well, a very weird survival horror game made by Access Games, who haven't really got <laughs> much pedigree, I would say. Mm. Uh, they made a game a long, long time ago that I've forgotten what it is. It's called Spy Fiction or something. But the only reason you need to know about the game's existence is for the one line, back in the hole! Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> so YouTube it. Find out what, what the game's called. I think it's Spy Fiction or something, and YouTube it, because yeah. it's a great, great video. It is a brilliant video. Um, so they made Deadly Premonition, which is basically Twin Peaks crossed with Silent Hill. And it's rubbish. And yet it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, you're talking about mechanics that would would have been dated on the PlayStation 1 visuals that are definitely playstation one level um a a combat system that is just mental absolutely ridiculous to shoot someone you hold the right trigger to you know pull your gun up you hold the left trigger to lock on something and then you press a to fire i mean what kind of what mind comes up with that i don't know but anyway there you go so you've got a giant town to explore um with some shonky, shonky driving, you've got to feed yourself because if you don't feed yourself, your health will go down. You've got to sleep at the right time. It's it's bizarre, um, and yet it's just I can't I can't stop playing it. It's just it's just amazing. The the cutscenes are just full filled with non sequiturs. They just at one point you're talking about the town. The next, the main guy travels or just start bleating on about some film from the 1980s about how he likes the director and the certain, <laughs> you know, certain actress in it. It's just nonsense. So you said about the music, Pellet. Oh, the music is great. Can you play some? Get ready for the whistling. Not yet. <laughs> Anyway, you, you get the idea. Basically, <laughs> this is it's a got, horror game. That, that's the, the theme. That's the theme tune. <laughs> um, unbelievable. It, it's, 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 it's superb. Um, anyway, the game is coming out mid-September. 
it's going to be 25 quid, although I know for a fact you can pre-order it on HMV right now for 17.99. Um we kind of know what it'll be getting. We, we won't be reviewing it until the issue that's out end of August. Um, but we've got the US version, which is complete, and we've been playing through that. Uh, and and we like it. It's I mean, it's a game, when we talk about it, we have to add so many caveats because it is so broken and I not think, buggy. But I think you, you basically summed it up best when he said it's both the best and worst game yeah, we've ever it's, played. It's, it's just something that needs to be experienced. Mm. Even if you don't like it, you've got to appreciate it. You really have because it's just not something that gets made anymore. Perhaps rightly so, yeah. but uh, yeah, what an addition to the 360 library it really is. I think it pulled in more crowds than any other game we've had all yeah, year. Yeah, it did. When he put it on, people were kind of standing there in yeah. sort of horror, I guess. I've, ne- I've never seen Gem... Car crash gaming. <laughs> I've never seen Gem smile so much at a game either. Right. I mean, it's... I think he just had wind. <laughs> is that what it was? Yeah. But I don't know, it just puts a smile on everyone's face, just through disbelief and just... You know, we see a lot of rubbish games in the office and we see a lot of good ones, fortunately, but just something that just takes you by surprise and can entertain. I mean, at the end of the day, games are entertainment mm. and deadly premonition. What entertainment that is. That's grade A entertainment. <laughs> grade A entertainment. <laughs> Stick it on the box. <laughs> so um, while uh, Matt was fanning around with deadly premonition, one of uh, one of our, uh, our trusted... Uh, um, well, I, say, oh, I, say, I, go that far. I say trusted, maybe accepted, accepted um, writers, freelance writers. Uh, Rob Taylor, former deaphead, of course, of Xbox World, uh, was was out in Seattle. He was out playing Halo Reach, and um, in a first for the for the Xbox World podcast, we're going to attempt to get him on the get him on the phone now and get him to tell you just very briefly about his trip out. So uh, here we go. Hello, Rob. Hello there, guys. How are you all doing? Yeah, very well, Not thank bad. you. Very well. So, um, Rob, you have just been over to Seattle to play Halo Reach. Um, we we want you to tell us uh, tell us all about it. One of the things you uh, you said to uh, Mike and I when you um, when you came back in the office was that it was a game you wish you could play forever. You are, yeah, that is true. Listen, as a bit of a disclaimer, um, I'm not the world's biggest Halo fan, and like, say, Mike, um, I don't, you know, I've, I've finished almost all the games in the series, but they haven't really, they're one of those sort of series that I've played them at the time, loved them, thought it was great, but I never really invested in the universe. I, I'm not, I'm definitely what you call a Halo fanboy, and to be honest, even though I was very excited about going to play Reach, I, I was feeling maybe this isn't, you know, this isn't the kind of specialist trip I, I usually go on. But I think it speaks volumes for, the, for, for how good Reach was that, that I came away just thinking, you know, this is absolutely... The whole theme of the trip was Bungie. This was Bungie's last Halo game. It was them taking a decade of Halo and, and just kind of like, you know, condensing it into one final fantastic ode to the shooter before they, they left it with Microsoft. And I think I think they pulled it off in, in, in a multitude of respects. So um, at uh, Comic-Con, they've just talked about Forge and uh, Firefight, and those were those are two modes that you played quite a lot. I mean, you were pretty impressive both, I think. Yeah, um, I've just started, I just actually finished playing through ODST for the first time, uh, went through it in co-op, and I was having a little look at Firefight, because um, a lot of the stuff they were, they were talking about with regards to reaching Firefight 2.0 was, was just how, how much it had come on, and I think the thing that, that, that resonated me with regards to the Firefight part of the game was um, just simply how incredibly customizable it is. Um, you know, you can just tweak everything from like you know AI, you know the, the different waves that come at you, um, you know what weapons, what loadouts. Um, I mean, just just billions of things. I'm, I'm not sure what I'm allowed to say and what not. So 
net and, and they've basically just taken that idea and they've, they've, they've run with it and, and, and Forge World is a great name because that, that's what they've actually built. They've built an entire kind of continent um, that you can basically just, you know, do what you want with. Um, it's, it's, it's an incredible vision and it's, it's just something that no other shooter is, is, is even kind of having a crack at, let alone fleshing out to that kind of, that kind of level. Yeah, I mean, one of the things you you said to us was that you um, you were, I mean, the the single player uh, by itself. Not that you're allowed to talk much about single player, admittedly, but the single player by itself would have been would have been good enough to get a star game. But everything with everything else bolted on, it's like in serious danger of shattering our uh, our review uh, review <laughs> top one hundred. Well, you know, I mean, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's interesting. I mean. It's hilarious that the armor ability, the fact that, that they were they were going to be integrated into into campaigns, shocked so many sort of Halo fanboys. They were like, "You can't do this! You can't break Halo!" And I think a lot of Bungie, the stuff Bungie were talking to us about, was this this fear of kind of consolidation versus innovation, and the fact that even when they put the armor abilities in, people at first were like, "Oh my God, you know, you're you're, you're ruining the Halo experience." And I think you know, to that end, the game isn't really a significant evolution in terms of actual gameplay. Um, I think. I think I've literally written in the feature just shamelessly quoting Cliffy B, just saying it's, it's, it's bigger, better, more badass. It's just basically Halo 3 times to the power of 10. Um, but, but yeah, like I said, it, 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 it's, it's, it's so much more than that campaign. It, it, it's, 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 all, it's, all the, it's all the other stuff as well. Um, but, you know, Halo, which is also doing, uh, and, and indeed the Halo series has all, always done something in campaign that the few other games have done it. It's kind of, it's presented you with, with basically a sandbox and letting you go about, you know, finishing those missions, uh, you know, basically whichever way you want. And I, I really realised that after playing, you know, funnel tutors like like Modern Warfare 2 and stuff, just just how much more ambitious Halo reaches than, than those games. And it's it, it's almost it's almost a shame that they haven't. I know it's not technically Halo 4, but it's almost a shame they haven't put 4 on the end because that's effectively what it is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I've set a. Marcus Lehman, who who was always the creative director of the series, when I kind of asked him that, it's my first question. I mean, I'm sure it's a question he's fielded a lot of times before, and he's probably a little bit knocked off. But you know, I was just sort of saying it from a very cynical business sense. That I don't know. And I sort of talked about this in my feature as well. I was sort of saying I'm not sure whether it was a, you know, I'm not sure who made that decision, whether it was Bungie, whether it was Microsoft. Um, but for whatever reason, I don't think Reach is perhaps getting the pre-release hype yet that it needs to be because ostensibly this is the biggest game by a country mile on the Xbox 360. Um, you know, it's, it's possibly one of the most important shooter releases of all time, yet I'm not actually sure all that many people are kind of, you know, going crazy for it. Yeah, um, no... Yeah, it's, it's a good it's a good point. I mean, Matt, I don't know what you what you think of that. I mean, it's- yeah, I totally echo Rob's thoughts. Rob's thoughts there. I think like ODST and perhaps like Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, people are being are becoming wary of games uh, in long running series when they don't have a number at the end because they view them as a as a spin off rather than you know part of the main canon. Mm, I think we've seen that we've seen that to a degree with uh, with Assassin's Creed Brotherhood as well because yeah. you know people aren't quite sure what Assassin's Creed Brotherhood is. I mean, it's it's the same guy. Is it Assassin's Creed Three, or you know, I don't know. I think you're absolutely right. I totally agree with Matt as well, and I think he made a pertinent point with ODST. Um, there's another thing I was quite keen to talk to uh, to Bungie about, and Brian, Brian Jarrett, who's the uh, the community manager for Bungie, was kind of talking about ODST, and he perhaps alluded to the fact that Bungie themselves didn't want to retail ODST as a full price package. 
but naughty Microsoft basically forced their hand. And I think to an extent, like Brian was saying, you know, he was totally unapologetic. He said ODST was a great game. You know, they introduced Firefight, blah, blah, blah. The missions were actually very good. I finished it myself. I had, a, I had a blast. I thought it was great. But I tell you what, man, that's not a full price release in my eyes. No. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it's dangerous when you start sort of whoring your series out like that because, you know, these people, you know, fans make an investment in these series. And I think, you know, you've got to be wary of not taking the, taking the mickey, really. Yeah. So before we go, Rob, just tell us a little bit about the one uh, campaign mission that you, you can speak about, that, which is which has been out there for a bit. We've been videos out, which is um, Long yeah. Night of... I've forgotten the oh, name. Long Night of Solace. Yeah. It was the E3, the E3 space mission. Um, I only actually got to play half that mission because um, we literally... we literally It was a carbon copy of the E3 walkthrough into, uh, in terms of... We got to about halfway through the space battle... Um, some new craft were just about to port in, at which point I was quickly ushered out of the room. But, but yeah, it was just a really, really nice... Um, what I can say is the aesthetic of, say, Long Night's Solace was totally different to the, the kind of the, the visual look um, of, the other t- of the other two missions. Um, I mean, it's a cracking-looking game. I mean, I wouldn't say it's up there with the 360's absolute best, but because of what the engine has to do, you know, render these big sandboxes and stuff, I, I think it would be foolish to ever think it could kind of create a Gears of War-like, you know, create a, a, a war-like aesthetic. Um, so basically, it just starts off with you and, and um, Noble Team kind of running along the beach. Um, I think you've got like virtually the full complement of Noble Team at this point. Um, just a really interesting insight into how good their AI is. Um, it's not like the days of the Arbiter in like Halo 3. You know, these guys seriously can look after themselves. They're all deploying different armor abilities. You know, you can sometimes sort of tag along with them. Or you can go and forge your own route, like I'm sort of prone to do. Um, and it's just, you know, it's just, it's very, very much Halo. Uh, it's very, you know, if you, you played ODFT, Halo One, Halo Two, Halo Three, you'll you'll know what the shooting's like. But why change it? It's, it's absolutely brilliant. It's, it's virtually the top of the tree in, in that respect. Um, and then once you actually get in the installation, you you get suited and booted up in the craft. You zoom into space. Um, thought that bit was was very, very good as well. And a little bit of a sense of speed, in my opinion, lacking. That I don't know. I don't think any Space Sim has ever really captured that kind of, you know, that kind of Battlestar Galactica kind of feeling of like, you know, seat of your pants kind of stuff. But mm. the actual, the actual vehicle handling, which Bungie have already kind of proved that they're, they're fantastic with, with like the Warhawks and the Mongooses, um, that was present and correct. You know, the barrel rolls, the, the flips, they were all fantastic. The shooting felt good. Um, and I can only imagine how much fun that's going to be with, with four players, especially because the difficulty now scales finally. Um, with the amount of co-op players you've got involved. So four players means hopefully four times as crazy uh, and four times as fun. Cool. Well, uh, thanks, Rob. Thanks for uh, thanks for uh, giving us an insight into Halo Reach. I'm sure one of the th- lastly one of the things the readers will want to know is exactly what you're uh, up to at the moment, apart from sitting at home in your pants, <laughs> scratching your balls. <laughs> well, I told you earlier when you rang me up that I was basically just watching a uh, Jean Claude Van Damme uh, <laughs> um, uh, movie clip snippet compilation on YouTube. Um, oh, okay. So that was kind of that's kind of comprised my morning. All right, brilliant. Uh, but but no, I'm basically just cracking on with the PhD. I'm starting lecturing in September, which I'm very excited about, and uh, and working for you guys. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, thanks, Rob. We'll, we'll speak to you soon. No problem, guys. All right, see, see you, Rob. Bye. Normally at this point I want to um, move the conversation on. What would me like Rob not being the world's greatest Halo fan? But um, I think I've been lying all these months. God, I friggin' love Halo. I yeah. Do, I, I I don't know. I always put it down to 
I mean, you get people who are obsessive with Halo. You yeah. really do, and people who know the series inside and out. I think because because I don't because I don't know the series like I know, say, a Resident Evil series or something. And I've always you know, put it down to not being the world's biggest Halo fan. But I've been thinking recently about Halo, and I was writing about Halo one the other day um, for a bit of freelance. And man, they're great games. I mean, I've I've played everyone through. I, I wasn't okay. I, I wasn't a huge fan of Halo two. Definitely not. And um, I think because I, pl- I don't play an awful lot of multiplayer, I tend to play maybe Halo multiplayer for a couple of days and then leave it leave it there. But even just single player, and, and Halo 1 in particular, but oddly enough, I'm going to flag up ODST as another one. They're great. I mean, some of them, my best times with an Xbox or 360 have been sitting in, you know, in my house on my own with headset on playing the Halo games. It's, 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 it's strange. Stunning. Halo's a strange one in many ways because it, it plainly is a, a brilliant series and yet... Mm-hmm. People, when with the with the benefit of distance, I think yeah. people can analyze it a lot more yeah. clearly. And I think Halo Two generally is regarded as be, having a very weak, yeah, weak. I last, mean, Halo Two was all about quarter. Well, Halo Two is all about bringing the uh, the multiplayer yeah. to Xbox Live. Like Halo, you could it was great at uni because uh, we were in halls of residence and we could literally just plug the, the X the original Xbox into the wall with an Ethernet cable and pick up anybody else in the college. And this is college with. Uh, a few thousand people mm. so there were a few of us who would just plug xboxes in and then have a multiplayer halo but yeah. this is in the days before xbox live so yeah. halo 2 really was all about the multiplayer mm. uh, and i think it rubbed off on the campaign i mean the ending of that campaign was just a travesty yeah and bungie should be ashamed of themselves for what they did there but um yeah just thinking back to the first one and and certainly odst and halo 3 when i started playing on legendary as well so i, I began to appreciate the level design a bit more um you know just when that music starts up and you mm. fight the covenant it's what a great game what, i cannot what, wait for reach whatever that. you think of the universe and you know i i do think some of the uh alien design in that leaves, bloaty head purple yeah, faces leaves kinder a lot, price. Yeah, yeah leaves a lot to be desired but whatever you think of that universe that it probably is the most well put together mm. and well thought out universe in gaming yeah. in that you know there's a real sense of mythology there you know Absolutely. there's a real sense that one event really has an impact on another and that they really know every single step in that yeah. mythology that, that they know, know it inside out you know it's a bit odd but it reminds me in many ways of almost the metroid mythology i'm a mm. big metroid fan metroid the prime games certainly the first two in particular and when you got all the lore that you find by scanning the, is it Chozo? Chozo? How do you pronounce it? I, I'm notably you know, terrible with my pronounce. Chozo, look, whatever they are. You know, when you go through all the ruins, you find everything. Halo has some of that. It certainly brought some of that uh, into the later games. But you just feel like the the world is is just as rich and there's just as much history there as you do in Metroids. And uh, and yeah, Reach. I mean, like Rob says, I don't think there's been the reaction from from fans that there there needs to be for this game this game is going to be the biggest thing the Xbox 360 has yeah. ever seen i mean it isn't it is an interesting point that i mean we we picked up on it briefly with rob and i think that um it is worth expanding upon is that this really hasn't had mm. the the i mean it's halo so there's a level of expectation there immediately a level yeah. of buzz but for a game of this size and scope, there is nowhere near the kind of recognition no. and, and kind of um, publicity out there that there would be for, say, Modern Warfare 3, yeah. which would probably, arguably, I mean, don't know, who knows, but probably would not have the level 
of ambition and mm. scope that that Halo Reach has. Probably not. I, I think I think I know what it might be as well. I think it's a, a marketing thing. I think it's partly the fault of of us. I think it's uh, you know something the media has picked up on, and I think it's something the consumers are, are becoming. I don't know. They're they maybe growing blind to the endless sequels. They're getting fed up of like playing games in their eighth, ninth iteration. If I mean, if if Halo would you know give an ODST a number and and reach a number, this would this would be Halo Five. Mm. I mean, yeah, Halo Wars. That that is different. You can set that aside. But you know, if if you see Halo Five, you think, man, they're flogging that series. Mm. They're they're really just you know what are they doing? Move on to something else. You know. W- not so much now, but a few years ago, it was quite trendy for a lot of people to say, well, we want new IPs, we don't want you know, sequel, sequel, sequel. And, and to a certain extent, people are still wanting new IPs. I know I do. But um, I think just putting a five at the end of Halo would, would maybe make people wary of just you know, seeing it as another cash-in, when in actual fact, it is much, much more. However, by calling it Halo Reach or ODST, they relegated to almost like a sideshow, as it were. Mm. And, you know, the game certainly doesn't deserve that because what Bungie has done with it um, is just, you know, you, you couldn't have imagined it back when the Xbox launched. You could barely comprehend it before Halo 3 came out with all the, you know, with Forge and everything. Mm. Like the, the options that you've got in Reach are just stunning. Mm. And, you know, if the Xbox is, is indeed going to be, the 360, sorry, is going to be around for another three or five years, and what the hell are we going to be playing then? Well, it's we, crazy. <laughs> we we may be playing the new game from three four three, which is of yeah, course yeah. picking up the the Halo mantle well, that, once Bungie. Uh, yeah, they've they've got to be doing Halo four. And man, I've never known a team with so much pressure on them to no, deliver. Man alive! I mean, uh, I, I saw on the web this morning that Frank O'Connor, who is part of the three four three team, was talking about it, saying that talking about the possibility of a Master Chief return for their first Halo game. Yeah. So. I think it's generally acknowledged that they're the the Halo Halo go to yeah. guys now, and that they are, their next game is going to be Halo, what is ostensibly Halo yeah. Four. Well, if you finish Halo Three on Legendary, you'll see him, you know, dripping off towards. Uh, <laughs> I'll get my mythology wrong here. I think he's he's going off to a forerunner planet. So mm. there's there's obviously something there to pick up from. Whether or not they go straight into there, or whether they pick up, and they must chief a couple of years down the line, maybe, or even in the past. You know, mm. who who knows what's going to happen, but. Uh, I, mean, I don't even know if it's going to be for the 360 or if they're thinking ahead for, yeah, for a I mean, new console. Knows, but we, I mean, we don't know. But uh, so that they're, they're you know they're picking up the mantle and uh, and that is a like you say a, a pressure cooker environment. Yeah. I mean that you know especially following Reach. I mean yeah. we anticipate Reach troubling the upper echelons of our scoring system unless something goes yeah. horribly wrong, of course, which is always possible. But um, and yeah, I mean that's a hell of a send off for Bungie. And it's a hell yeah. of a I think pressurized situation for three four three Bungie has been very smart i mean people are saying why would you leave the halo series it's it's a you know it's a win-win and that's true but like i know i see Bungie almost like dealing with halo as they have as as you think looking back to something like black adder or 40 towers or the uk office you know it's it hasn't outstayed its welcome under Bungie's mm. hands and if you know if indeed uh, reach is as good as we think it will be then you know they've delivered a fantastic set of games that it's hard to imagine they'll ever be bettered. Yeah. So they're getting out while, you know, while it's still the buzz is there and before the series has a chance to go downhill. And I guess one of the challenges and temptations for, for Microsoft and three, four, three is going to be balancing, uh, the level of 
expectation and uh, the level of um you know uh, the, the way you know punters want more halo more halo at the moment with with not brutalizing the brand as you as you've mm. described it you know not putting out a thousand halo games like Activision currently are a Call of Duty, you know, where yeah. it's like a freaking Call of Duty this year and then there's two Call of Duties next year and then... It's crazy. You know, I mean, it's just... That's great for a time being and then people... But people do get bored of it. You know, mm. people do get overloaded with it. You know, it's like Tomb Raider. I mean, yeah. who would have thought a few years ago that Tomb Raider would yeah, be... Yeah, back in 96, that was the hottest stuffing game. Yeah, that's right. You never would have anticipated... Tomb Raider's not yesterday's news, but it's it's nowhere near the, no. the mega seller that it used to be, you know? Um and you know that that is always the danger with with flogging these things, and hopefully you know three four three will now they you know once they take out the mantle from October this year, um, hopefully they will you know kind of just get that balance right. You know I, I would think that they'll be under a huge amount of pressure from Microsoft, but it's they're just going to have to kind of back back a little bit of that pressure I think if they can, otherwise people you know may become a bit uh, disillusioned with Halo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the other games you've been playing, I don't think you've seen it actually, Matt, in, in the office this week, is um, is Kane and Lynch 2, Dog Days. No, I played it uh, a couple of couple of months, was it? Yeah, maybe a couple of months ago. I played some preview code and I wrote a preview on it, I think a four-page preview, uh, or it was like three and a quarter. Oh, that's right, yeah, with a crazy ad master ad. Uh, and back then, I think I came back in the office saying, good camera, very stylish. Beneath it is a game I really don't care about. Yeah, and I, and I, th- you know, I don't want to, I don't want to try to put. I mean, Alex Dale is doing the review for us. He's completed the single player mission. He's played an absolute ton of multiplayer, and we don't want to sort of, you know, pre prejudge the game. But I think that's pretty much still the opinion. And um, we had a bash on it in the office this week, and. Um, First of all, we should say that the multiplayer is excellent. Really, yeah, really good. good. Good or fun. The old Fragile Alliance mode, excellent. they're onto such a winner there. Really, really inventive. Really um, brutal. Uh, real real good competition, you yeah. know, like a uh, real backstabbing kind of feel to it. And uh, excellent online. Really, really good. Single player. <sighs> the aesthetic is amazing. Like, honestly, the, the, mm-hmm. the what they've pulled off with that kind of youtube handheld kind of feel is yeah. is fantastic. I it's, like the it's, stuff when you, you, uh, you know, you shoot someone in the head and their face becomes pixelated. Yeah. It's obviously too graphic to it's, display. It's nice aesthetic. In its own way, it's as aesthetically pleasing as something like Halo Reach or, or you know, because I'm not saying it's, it looks as good as the best games on the system, but what they've done with that kind of technique is really impressive. And, yeah. uh, you know, we we played through the first level, and it was really, it really pulled it off. Yeah. You know, it really is impressive. But the problem is, that it's still got the slightly shonky kind mm. of shooting, and you it's know, better than the first. It game. is better than the first one. The, the cover system is better, than the, first better game. than the first one. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just I don't I don't want to fall back on us saying it's not Hitman. Where's Hitman? Because that's what we're always doing. It's what we're all thinking. It's what you're thinking. It's what everyone's thinking. What is IO doing? You know, where is Hitman? But um, I mean, IO did Freedom Fighters as well. Freedom Fighters was a riot. Yeah, I mean, Freedom Fighters isn't that. I mean, stylistically, isn't actually that different to Kane and Lynch. But I just remember Freedom Fighters being. A lot better, mm. you know. It's that sort of th- sort of third person kind of 
I suppose in Freedom Fighters you had you had more more people kind yeah. of you know you know more of a sort of so there's probably a bit more strategic element I guess but you know I mean presumably that it's you know the people who worked on Freedom Fighters there must be a degree of the same people working yeah, on K and Lynch which is why it's a surprise they haven't quite nailed it again and you know I don't know whether it's IO can't handle like the pacey kind of third person combat because mm. Hitman works yeah brilliantly every time and but it's a very sort of slow kind of considered yeah. kind of combat and and not really combat actually just more of a clever kind of stealth game and freedom fighters was a bit more strategic yeah so again matches the pace down a couple of notches yeah i mean maybe that or maybe i would also say that well the mini ninjas kind of puts a <laughs> uh takes away from this but hitman and freedom fighters were games that you could have fun with they were fun games to play whereas ken lynch is so gritty it's so depressing i don't think there's any room to, to kind of enjoy it and just yeah you know savor the world at all no i mean it, it's it's it looks great like, like you've said but it's so depressing with two just horrible horrible yeah. characters i mean you've seen the adverts i think have we had the ads in our magazine yeah what the hell is that about <laughs> some guy in his some underpants. guy in his pants <laughs> freaking out i mean no one wants to see that i think i think one of the the problems with Kane and Lynch as well is that it's just like you say, two complete pricks. I mean, that's basically. what they're getting for, and I know that that they've nailed it. What they want, but what they want isn't what I want. Yeah. Um, for for me so. personally, I mean, any not just games, films, uh, books, anything. You know, you need a you need someone who you can have some degree of empathy yeah. with. Like, you know, I mean, we were chatting in the office. I know Tim's a big fan, and at the weekend, I saw Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Like there's a guy in that who is horrible. It's possible to make a horrible character who you absolutely love because they're brilliant. Mm. Like he's so funny, I guess. I mean, it is is a nasty piece of work. But Ken Lynch and nasty, but I don't think there's any redeeming qualities to no. it. And like even if it's so so evil that you know you kind of yeah. think they're funny or whatnot. There's there's just nothing apart from like the the kind of guy you steer around in the the bus stop because yeah. he looks a bit dodgy and he's got cigarette burns on his white yeah. vest. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. For me, I, I I live in Trowbridge. I get that experience every yeah, day when I go home. Again, yeah. I don't want to play it. I don't want to get back home and think, oh, this is like being out on the streets again. You know, uh, isn't it is an interesting kind of point this because I think it is it does sort of really open your eyes to to what exactly in entertainment what exactly you need from your form of entertainment and you do need someone you can get behind and uh, for example what what really made me realize this point was when I watched 28 weeks later okay yeah now that is I love the 28 days later I thought it was a brilliant film I loved it 28 weeks later is a very well made mm -hmm. very well written very well acted film it's completely devoid of emotion whatsoever. Yeah, no no one, the, the basic message in that film is everybody dies. You, you, you know, you think Robert Carlyle's going to be the, the kind of guy you, you get behind and kind of, he's going to, no, he turns into a zomboid halfway through and pushes his own wife's eyes back into the, into the back of her skull and then kills his, tries to kill his own kids you know, I mean, and there's no one you can root no, for in that no. film at all. There is absolutely no one you can root for. It's a cold, bleak, 
you know, two hours and I didn't enjoy one minute of it, even <laughs> though I could appreciate it for being a well-known, yeah. a, a well-made film. Oh, and, you know, Whereas in the first film, you had, um, what's his face, Cillian Murphy. Yep. You had the woman, whatever her name was. You had um, Brendan Gleeson and the kid. You know, so you had like a couple of, you know, people you could get get behind. Absolutely. And that's the thing with Kane and Lynch is you've got two complete bastards. You know, one of them is a schizophrenic nutsoid and the other one is just, I don't know what he is, but he's a, also a psychopath. Yeah, and I he's mean, friends with the other, which, you know, by proxy yeah, is a bit of right. So you've got two complete psychopaths who you're supposed to get behind, you know. And and I just think it's what you needed there was you needed like a create you know like the crazy one and the like the more yeah. level headed one you know yeah you need like Steve Buscemi from Con Air yeah and then uh, you know someone who's a bit more level headed yeah, yeah. so but no I so don't. um so yeah we'll just have to see when that comes in um again that'll be in our issue on sale at end of August uh, that you'll be able to read about that but I I, I think code has come quite late to us in the day so the game will already be out for for a week or so before we come out with the review which is why we're we're just giving you a heads up now and just saying it may be worth waiting a week just to see what yeah what xbox world makes of it because i don't think it's a game that if it was a game that we we were pretty confident in we'd say rush down shops and yeah. buy it but um but 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 we're not I mean, we're, we're absolutely not going to say say you know it's not not going to be a great game because i mean the only man who knows that is man who's still playing it at the moment yeah. and we haven't heard enough yet um this is just going from our our office reaction and having played like a little snippet here and there but all we're saying is that of of all years this year is insane like oh, the, man, the august life. september october november run is ridiculous this is not a game this is not a year sorry to be spending money on games that aren't quadruple a because there are so many it's like the christmases of old yeah i mean, I mean this going is on? funny enough this is the exact same uh it, it, the intro i wrote for our the issue we that goes on sale next week i had's intro this is exactly the point i made mm. that this christmas is like the christmas sort of two or three years ago you know that we used to get them which is a total bloodbath i mean we could try and reel them off but with no pointers here we'll forget i mean you got halo reach obviously you got i mean crisis 2 is this year isn't it yeah is it halo year? reach crisis 2 got rock band 3 rock that's band october three. you got assassin's creed brotherhood yeah you've like already my mind is starting to go cloudy and i vanquish, know vanquish which is i mean you know vanquish with the best will in the world is 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 going to be a, a great i mean mike is a big yeah. advocate of it thinks it's absolutely amazing but comes out october the 22nd i mean it's suicide. just insane absolute suicide uh i mean you got i mean call dead of rise, duty call, oh, call, call of duty dead rising 2 yeah um there, there are i mean thank goodness dead space 2 is next year that's all i can say yeah don't forget fifa and surprise candidate this year pez yeah yeah, we were Which playing, been playing and we like the new Pez. Yeah, we do like it. It's, is it is it is because FIFA? I don't know yet. Uh, it's maybe it's not, very different, um, isn't it? I mean, it felt very very different to yeah. to previous years. I mean, the the big difference I think is that uh, you've got full three sixty control now yeah. on the players, which is great. But, that but alone is just yeah, that that, so that gives better. it a very different feel. They've got a great camera in there that yeah. really kind of like brings the action alive. But but more than that, I think the big, tilting crane. Yeah, the big difference is that more than any football game I can kind of remember, you need to perfectly direct mm. your passes this mm. time with the right amount of power in the yeah. right direction. So many times yesterday when we were playing, we were well, 
I don't know about you, but I, I, me certainly were sending balls out into touch. Yeah, we, we both were. And all, it's frustrating to start with, but that's only you, because you're not up to speed with yeah. the game and you're used to FIFA. It, it is a real, real step up from, from last year. I'm pleased to say, because having always been a Pez fan mm. up until the last couple of years, it was a real sad kind of moment of finally acknowledging, you know, finally yeah. sticking it in a bleeding um, uh, like burning yeah. casket and sending it down the river like we did last year, you know. I think we've got three words, and that is Pez is back. Yeah, believe it. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, Mafia Two. Yeah, Mafia Two is out. Mafia which we're getting review well. code either tomorrow or Thursday. Yeah. So that'll be exciting. We'll be able to report on that fairly soon. Um, and but there are there's tons lots, of other stuff. I can't I can't even can't even think just, off the top of my head. It's just. That, and that is just on the 360. I mean, if you're lucky enough to have other consoles, yeah. I mean, Move comes out for PlayStation 3. Don't forget Natal. Well, Connect. Oh, um, Connect, Connect, sorry. Connect, yeah, Connect. yeah. Connect is this year. I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. You've got stuff like Metroid Other M yeah. on, uh, on Wii, and oh, it's just ridiculous. I mean, 2010 is going to be one of the best gaming years. It will go down with, like, was it 98 when GoldenEye came out and uh, yeah. it was a real flurry of great games? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Unbelievable. 2010, save up. It, it, it's it's the year you the, all go bankrupt. I mean, the, the, what, the sort of message we, we we gave sort of three or four years ago was get one, get the game you know you really want for Christmas, get that. Just wait to the new year. Yeah. Just wait to the new year for the Sales. rest because they'll all come down. Because yeah. well, some of those games, this is exactly what I put in my intro last month some of those games are going to have a real yeah. stinky old Christmas Need for Speed Need for Speed you know it's Burnout yeah it's Need for Speed Criterion um, and then you've got um, I think I think I, I'm not I'm Star not Wars saying Force this Unleashed. is oh yeah Force Unleashed 2 this isn't a, a quadruple title nowhere near but for a cheeky £18 Deadly Premonition <laughs> that's not a bad buy imagine just if to that bolster. goes straight in at number one <laughs> Halo Beta yeah um, and, and we have missed other ones and we do apologise for missing some really really obvious choices but it's just mind blowing to try yeah. and sit here and just reel them off Incredi Christmas now uh, would your Christmas get even better Pella if uh, the new GTA was announced possibly yeah I think so but what about if it was GTA Hollywood See, that's the so rumours doing the these rain. These are the, the rumours. I don't believe it. Um, I mean, I can, from a from a you know from Rockstar's point of view, it would be very very smart because LA Noir they've already got Hollywood, they've got LA. Mm. Um, okay, it's it's different. They've gone back to the old maps. They've got the old roads and whatnot. But it wouldn't be too hard. Certainly not as hard as building a city from scratch mm. to take what they got in LA Noir and then fix it. Bring it up to speed, and, and you know, bring it up to the two thousands, and set a GTA in it would make sense. I don't know. I just because they haven't really done it before. I can't. Although well, was Vi- no. I'm I mean, trying to think because I, I can't remember. The, yeah, your cities were like new. I don't think New-York they. I don't think Miami. they really did. I don't think they really did the whole Hollywood scene too much. No, in like Vice City had Hollywood bit. It had like movie things. Yeah, that was Miami. Yeah. And, uh, I, it's an interesting I, it's, one. I mean, they, they have. They, I mean, they have a, a history of going back to yeah. do stuff they've done before. I mean, they did it with GTA Three and GTA Four. In that case, I have a better candidate. Not not something I think they will do, but something You're I not want them say to London, do. You're London, are you? Yeah, oh, London no. with, with GTA Four. It's bore- London's boring. Now, can you imagine the radio stations alone? That'll be worth doing just for them. No, I never That's liked some- GTA London. 
Never liked it. It wasn't the best, but it was if, all if a they bit made Austin London Powers, wasn't it? With the new, with you know, with the new engine and stuff, it would be fantastic. No, I, I prefer the Amer- I think GTA is a very American. It's a it's a very British take on America, and I think that it's it, mm. it would it would you'd get too much you you drift too much away from. Rockstar North, I go back to their old DMA design days and set it in Dundee. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers up to everyone. And, uh, It'd be interesting. It's very interesting. I mean, they they presumably are in the process of of, of scouting out, you know, yeah. the next location for GTA. I think they're they're further down the line. I think the location's already... I think they've done most of their work yeah. now. I honestly believe they're, they're cracking on with it. They should definitely redo Vice City. You know, like... Yes. Uh, that'd be brilliant. I mean, Vice City for me... I, I mean... I think Vice City for everyone has got to be yeah. the best. I, I think Vice City, a lot of people remember Vice City so fondly because it had such a absolutely killer soundtrack. It had like all the, all the music you remember, perhaps not from your youth because you were only born in 1995. But um, but from from my youth, yeah. you know, it's brilliant. And I think that's why a lot of people my age, sort of early 30s, you know, late 20s mm. maybe at a stretch, kind of love Vice City it's so like much. It's like driving down the beach listening to Billie Jean or bombing down the motorway like with police uh, chasing you to, I don't know, quite right, come on, feel the noise or something. It's or Ario Speedwagon, don't forget them. <laughs> brilliant. And uh, was on the jazz channel. No, I wasn't. No, I was always on, I was always on... Um, I can't remember which one it was. It was when it had it to be v- I, I was V Rock with Laz. I mean, no, Chat- I never was it be- Chatterbox on GTA Three with Laszlo, DJ Laszlo? It was just the talking channel. Yeah, yeah. And then Laszlo was doing V Rock. Well, previously Laszlo was. No, doing I never V-Rock. did V Rock. I did the which was the one with all the little love songs on it. Oh, no. I love that channel. Uh, I heart no. no yeah, it might have been something no. like that. I, I don't know. Anyway, I, I always listened to that one, yeah. Be, going onto the old golf course and beating someone to death with a <laughs> golf club while listening to, uh, I just died in your arms tonight. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. So, yeah, we'll just have to see, I guess. Another rumour, interesting rumour this week, was about um, about The Darkness 2. Yeah. Um, now, Starbreeze, uh, last year's Comic-Con said they weren't doing the, the Darkness sequel, but the Darkness sequel was confirmed by Top Cow, who owned mm. the rights on the comics. So everyone was like, hmm, so who's who's doing the sequel? Yeah. And now it now the rumour doing the rounds is that Digital Extremes are gonna be doing it. Who are the people who did a pretty bang up job on the on the Bioshock 2 multiplayer. They Shame no one good, no one played yeah, it. Yeah, very good uh, multiplayer mode on Bioshock 2. They also did Dark Sector, didn't they? Which yeah, was they've so, done a lot so, of middling kind of um, kind of so so kind but of I game. mean, in this business you're only as good as your last game and their last project was top notch. Yeah, yeah. So I'm quite hopeful. I think, you know, I, I think I'll probably, I mean, I love Starbreeze. I think they're brilliant. I can't wait to see what they're doing next. But I think I'll, I'll be fairly happy with, um, you know, Digital Extremes taking taking the reins. Yeah, yeah. I wanted Darkness 2 really badly because yeah. the first one was one of the underrated gems. Yeah. Um, certainly in the shooter crowd anyway. And I think it's something that everyone should pick up. I'm also I, I always associate the darkness with Prey 2 and I want to know what's happening with that because mm. that was announced. I think I think I honestly believe it's just completely canned because yeah. I was in, in talks with the guy about two years ago now who promised to let me know and then his uh his email account no longer works and then he the then they, his bosses put him on a oceanic flight <laughs> and uh, he never heard from him. So again. I think that's gone which which makes me very sad. But hey I've got Bloody hell! Is is Portal Two this year as well, or is that next year? 
Uh, I think that might be next year. Oh, I'm not enough. 100% sure. I was though. about to go Bulu then and just think Portal 2. Because yeah. that, for me, I tell you what, Tim, when Portal 2 comes out, Limbo, looks, forget about Limbo, I'm going to be raving about I know Portal you 2. and Mike uh, are big Portal, Portal fans and Portal 2 rates high on your uh, your list of yeah. uh, loves. But um, I look, I watched a video and whilst I can appreciate that it's, it's you know, probably going to be mathematically amazing, yeah. uh, it just looks... Brain hurtingly. Hundred and eleven percent. I've already my review scores decided upon already. It looks brain hurtingly complicated, and I can't. I can't. <laughs> I, I just can't. Just can't. Just can't. <laughs> can't do anything. So uh, before we go on to questions, one thing I did just want to uh, slightly off topic was I'm reading. I, I'm very late to the party on this, but I just wanted to uh, advise anyone who out there who likes to read as well as play games. The to, dead trap to go, yeah. <laughs> February <laughs> to uh, no, no, I'm not that. Uh, I'm not that. Uh, but yeah, it's like February. Um, it's a it's a book called Fast Food Nation, which some of you may have may have already read. Uh, I'm very late to the party. I've just started. Well, I'm about actually. I'm about eighty pages from the end now. It is unbelievable. You, you. I really advise people to go out and, and read it. It's all about the fast food industry in America. People do not read this book because I like mcdonald's i i especially like burger king whoppers i'm sure many of you do too you want to still like them at the end of the day so don't read the book just don't i i am a big fan of of meat i like (laughs) i like meat and uh there is no chance of of weaver ever becoming a vegetarian but it has really given given me a lot of pause pause you know pause for it maybe pause for thought and i I really think that uh, i advise people to read it if for no other reason then it's, it really opens your eyes to the way that the fast food industry is so is mm. a, has become so massive and so controlling in the states that some of the things that they've got away with are just uh, are just unbelievable. But there is also the top line stuff like you know feces being found in uh, in in burger patties that get sent out to fast food restaurants, metal clippings, hair. Um, don't forget, don't forget nails um, and all that sort <laughs> what, of stuff. Fingernails, fingernails, or? and ordinary nails. <laughs> it's like if every year, one day, one day of the year, like uh, every newspaper will run a story about like a chicken's head that was found, you know, battered in yeah. KFC or something. There's always one of those stories, but uh, unfortunately, it seems to happen a lot more than you think. Yeah, and it really is. It's fa- fa- fascinating, really fast, horribly fascinating. And I advise people to read it. Um, you may never ever ever want to eat a fast food mm. restaurant again which is why if like matt you want to live in denial and just have oh, well. a, a a massive whopper every week which i know matt is uh, <laughs> extremely keen, I, I keen, love my whopper. yeah keen on having uh, then then yeah don't read it mm. but if you want your eyes open to uh to the some of the horrible things that are going on then i really do advise you legal to disclaimer we're not singling out any brands here no and, I and, and when i said and when i said about KFC chicken head. I don't know. Maybe it was, and maybe it was somewhere else. I just remember a story where there was a chicken head found in one place. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. That's down, le- lawyers. That's, down. That's legally watertight. Right. On a question. <laughs> um, you guys have you guys have disappointed me with your questions recently. Where where, where are they all? Where where's the pages of questions? Um, John Million wants to know what's in our pile of shame. And he doesn't mean any any magazines that we keep under the mattress. <laughs> he wants to know what games did we start but never finish and we feel shameful for it. 
I've got too many to list. Oh, I, I, my most famous one's probably Bioshock. You just met the Big Daddy, haven't you? You just seen him? <laughs> no, I've just uh, I've just got got off that bit where you crash at the start. All right, you you yeah. down to? I've just you got haven't try got and, to Rapture. No, yet. I've got to try and find Rapture. Yeah. Uh, dear no, Tim, I suppose I got about I don't know. You've got you've got another really shameful one that I haven't forgiven you for yet. Batman. Yeah, you still got my copy, which you're welcome to have, by the way. Yeah, but no. You haven't got past the Harley Quinn fight. I'm you? exactly halfway through, um, and I just I find the the, the whole electric floor fight. electric floor so dispiriting that I couldn't. And you know when oh, you probably don't because oh you met Pelle and you're the best gamer ever. But you know when you get like a, a total mental block on a bit and you just, you no. know how to do it, but you just get so wound up by it that yeah. you can't get past it. And that's yeah. <laughs> that's what, what I was I was like with Electric Floor. I know how to do it. I probably can do it, but I just can't face, I mean, I, I must have done it like two or three times. Yeah. And the more times I did it, the more I got frustrated yeah, and the more... You know it's simple. It's like when I was doing Limbo, you get an egg for completing the entire game with zero deaths. And I, I once did it. No deaths throughout the entire game, apart from literally the last jump in the game. Oh, right. <laughs> and I died. I was like, mother bleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, unbelievable. And, you, and then you just like fall into silly mistakes every other time because yeah. you know that you should do it and you brain yourself. I absolutely loved Batman. I, I really would like to see the rest of the game, but I just, yeah. I, I just, I haven't been able to pluck up the, uh, the, the kind of courage yeah. to. And, and the reason I didn't get further in Bioshock is because. Um, well I mean without going on about you know like my book stuff kind of took over my life mm. at about that time so I didn't really get uh, I didn't really get the opportunity to kind of and now obviously it's a bit too late in the day I've got too many to list I mean half the JRPGs I've ever played would, would be part of it I think Fallout 3 is something I feel really bad about and one day I mean I'm sure you do the t- same Tim you say one day I'm going to go and I'm going to do it I don't know when that day is going to mm. be I've still got sealed Playstation 1 games at home so I don't know when I'm going to find time, but I definitely want to find time for Fallout 3 and um, maybe Splinter Cell, Conviction, and and a couple of others. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. With the run-up to Christmas, it's I, scary. I, I seriously worry about my game playing. I actually thought that. that the question was going to be, what is in your pile of shame as in... What, what is bad the, games? Yeah, like, what terrible games have you liked? You know, oh, right, you know, like or, BMX XXX. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, I mean... That. Well, let's do that as well. Okay. What, what? Well, well, the one that immediately springs to mind for me is a, is a game on the on the Amiga. And funnily enough, having just talked about Fast Food Nation, was a game called McDonald's Land, <laughs> okay. which was sponsored by McDonald's. <laughs> you went, you basically went round collecting golden arches, and um, and you know there was like the Hamburglar and old Ronald McDonald was in it and all that sort of stuff. And it was like, what oh, isn't fast food brilliant? Mm. I'll tell you what, that's a good little platform of that. Yeah. In the in the old magazine that some of our older readers, well, when I say older, I mean my age, might remember a magazine back in the day, Amiga magazine called The One for Amiga, which was um uh which was a great mag. They gave it 90%. Mm, and and they they always, they were pretty good scorers, you know. They yeah. never like dished out the scores too much. So I, I thought, all right, well, and I went down to Boots when Bo- Boots used to uh do uh this, I don't know whether they still do no, they don't sell games anymore, but they used to sell games. Yeah, I remember those days. And yeah. uh, I went down to Boots and saw it for like £15 or whatever it was, so I bought it with my birthday money, and it was. Uh, it turned out to be really good, but it's a shameful game, so yeah. it's just like wall-to-wall yeah, yeah. McDonald's sponsorship, you know? <laughs> there are definitely ones on my list. Again, I put on the spot, I don't know, I'd have to go... Like, even on the 360, I'm sure there's some stuff that I've enjoyed that 
just no man has any right to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, I'll have a quick look at my achievement list and uh, and probably stick it on Twitter or Facebook or something. I'll mention it in the next podcast. Yeah. We'll see. Um, the other one, uh, oh, Jewel Million also wants to know if Limbo's worth worth it for 1,200 points. Absolutely. You'd be a fool not to. But, you know, it's an XBLA game, so it means there's a free trial. Give it a go. Maybe mm. it isn't to your taste, in which case you're mental. Um, <laughs> Reaper 66694. Not as good with a 94 <laughs> on the end, is it really? I think that must be when he's born. All right. He's a year older than me. That's sick. By which I actually mean he's nine years younger than me. That's sick. Born in 94. How long how old was that, making? 16. I, I mean, I'm sure. 16. I, I have a, a cousin who's six years younger than me who, who was born in 91. Uh, hello, James. It, he doesn't listen. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> so um, I, in, my, in my mind, I always think, you know, my little cousin, anything younger than him is just, you know, still toddler. Mm. I, I, in my mind, I find it hard to comprehend that he's now grown up, that he's an adult with a car and a job and everything. So, yeah, whenever I see anyone born after 91 in particular, it kind of weirds me out a bit. Yeah, anyway. Um, he wants to know what are the best cities we've been to for... Uh, for events he remembers Mike said he didn't like Leipzig and wondered about what other places um Vancouver was nice when I went although I really yeah, didn't get to see it I've been to some quite nice cities San Diego's very nice that's why I'd like to go over to Comic Con one year is because uh, I love comics mm. and I love cons and I love San Diego so uh, yeah San Diego is very nice um I, I've got to say I've never been a massive fan of LA I think LA is a it's a basically about 10 10 cities 10 different cities mm. and they're all about a $25 cab ride away from one another everywhere you go in LA you have to get a cab because you can't you can't walk anywhere because everything's too spread out yeah and it's just it's a weird city it's got no center and therefore it's got no real like soul and i, I like mm. cities that you you can walk around in yeah you know do do on foot like new york is a great american city because you can you can wander around and yeah and uh you know sort of see plenty of it from the center whereas la has just got mm. none of that it's just a massive massive sprawl <laughs> connected by by highways uh, the other city that i thought controversially was quite overrated was uh was paris uh, I thought uh, Paris is um, it's the food unless you like unless you go out and spend a lot of money the food you know is not really that good I mean I know the French are renowned for their cuisine but I, I, I've been to Paris three times twice with work once with my wife and I've got to say I've never ever had a good meal no. in Paris um, and I just thought it was a bit like you know, any city where there's like a million dog turds on the pavement <laughs> and no one bother cleaning them up yeah, is just not not really yeah, my not bag, nice. you know. Uh, I don't know. To be honest, I've liked almost every city I've, I've been to, certainly for work. Um, I've got a soft spot for Montreal because I've been there a few times. Um, and it's just a bit different from, from the other Canadian and American cities you, you, you tend to visit. Toronto was great. I yeah. think you've been to before. Toronto's fun, yeah. Toronto. Toronto's fun. Um San Fran, I had the best meal I ever ate in San Francisco, which was a fantastic steak. Never, ever top that. And Tokyo was great, apart from the mass murder situation. Oh, yeah, that, that was a downer bit of a downer on it, on it yeah. Um, the, the one that I would say I wasn't keen on, and um, my uh, my wife, oh, I like saying that, my wife agrees with me as well because she went um, 
during her uni days is uh, is Madrid. Oh, right. I really didn't get on with Madrid. I, I didn't think it was, A, that great a city, and B, it had some horrible people. I mean, we were standing outside. Well, you don't like Spaniards? No, I don't like Spaniards are fine. I, li- I love Barcelona. Although that's Catalan. Oh, that's Bergi. I'm taking sides. Yeah, there. you are. But um, no, we were waiting at an event and you just had literally old men coming and yelling at you because people are waiting outside a building for you know for something to start. And he's like bleeding on at me. It's like, sorry, I'm English. I, I don't speak Spanish. Blah, 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 blah. Five minutes, this guy was yelling in my face. It's like, what the hell was a guy to do? I... I, I just stood there, just feeling really quite embarrassed. She just punched him, <laughs> punched him straight in the face. <laughs> I would have gone down very well. So, so yeah, I, I, I'm not a big fan of Madrid. I'll tell you, um, pro- probably the the trip that sticks in my mind the most that I went on with with Future was um, was to Atlanta when E3 used to be in Atlanta. Now Atlanta, I don't know whether people know Atlanta that much is um, is kind of in the deep south. You know, it's like Georgia. It's um, really hot, really humid, and uh, as far as I can tell, nothing exciting or memorable ever happens in in Atlanta apart from crime, and uh, <laughs> and it was just a strange place to have to have a show, yeah. you know. Um, it was really hot, really humid, like really humid. Our hotel was a total joke because Future paid. This is back when Future. Well, I'm not sure they really pay out a massive amount on the old credit card for hotels now, but certainly it's better than it used to be. Yeah. And you know, back then it was it was sub travel lodge kind of accommodation. You know, nothing wrong with travel lodge, but it's pretty basic. And this made the travel lodge look like the you know the Ritz. It was like a real dump, and it had uh, leaking aircon that leaked onto my face all <laughs> nice. night. Uh, you know, gunshots outside and all that sort of stuff. Really it was just cool. basically, yeah, just basically the worst five days of my life. So Atlanta may be great. You know, Coca-Cola have got their uh, got their headquarters there, so maybe it, may, it must be all right. Really? And CNN are like, yes, they're you know, where they operate out of. So maybe Atlanta's amazing. But my experience of Atlanta was um, don't, you know, when the when the receptionist turned around and, uh, you know, to one of the other journalists there and he said to her, Anywhere I can get cigarettes, she said. Yeah, take a cab. Take a cab down a block. A block, then you know you got a you got a serious problem. And of course, we've been to places in the UK as well. I liked Manchester when I went up to visit Hydrophobia guys. Yeah, Manchester's great. Obviously, London town. I I love Manchester actually. I got I got a lot of time for Manchester. Nice city that Leeds is a nice city as well. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. You you went exploring up there when uh, you came out for the wedding, didn't you? Not Was Leeds, no, no. We went to Manchester. We've been to Manchester quite a few times, okay. but uh, but but Leeds, I've been to once, and I was very impressed with. It. I thought it was a very nice city. Good stuff. So uh, yeah, congratulations, North. Yeah, well done, North. Yeah, <laughs> well, well done. So uh, thanks for uh, listening. Please do send us your questions because we're a bit short on questions at the moment. Either you can you can email them to xbw at futurenet dot com, or you can get on the Facebook and ask us a question. Um, or you can go on Twitter. Um, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. We, we really would. We'll read them out on the podcast if they... Uh, or you can go on the forum, of course, and, yeah. and post them on there. And, uh, and and we'd love to hear from you. We, we always do try and answer as many as we can. Um, Providing they don't... Uh, I mean, there were a couple more questions that we had, but because they... We're treading some ground that we we've been over yeah, in past yeah. podcasts. We we like to keep it different. We like to keep it fresh. I believe fresh, is is yes. the word the the youngsters use these days. Uh, Matt, you, well, you should know. You're still what 
20 I'm too young 20 I'm, I'm too young to know what they'd say in these yeah, days that's right so in a few um, years I'll grow up and then I'll be the one in with the saying that's right with yeah. the hip talk with the, with that jive talk <laughs> um, so thanks for listening we, we hope you enjoyed it and uh, and we'll see you again soon see ya